Welcome to the Kundalini Nerve Podcast, where we blend the spiritual with the scientific. I'm your host, Jen, and in this space, we'll be digging into all things Kundalini awakenings and nervous system regulation. I'll be sharing with you insights from my own awakening and the somatic work that I do with both myself and my clients, plus a whole host of other good stuff. So sit back, relax, or take a walk, and let's co-regulate whilst you're listening. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Kundalini Nerve podcast. I am your host Jen and I am a nervous system mentor. I'm here to help you make healing simple again. Because what I'm seeing online and what I learned from my own journey is that we are over complicating things by thinking that we need to learn about every single thing out there, every single modality, human design, our past lives, astrology, all of this stuff. All of these things are a great support, but let's be honest, none of us have the time to be learning about all of this stuff, to be dedicating our entire lives to learning about every single thing. And I believe when we view healing in this way of thinking that we need to know about all of these different things, it can actually put us off from getting started because it's overwhelming and already overwhelmed system. When we see healing as something that we need to do, as in I need to sit down for an hour every single day and do this or do that, it's likely that we won't even begin. And this makes complete sense from a nervous system perspective, because a system that is already stuck in survival doesn't have the capacity to be adding a million things to their to-do list, even if these things are supposed to make you feel better. When I really started getting into healing and working on myself, it was around three years ago where I started seriously and at that point I'd just come through or been through uh, a kundalini awakening and I was feeling anxious, lost, overwhelmed, I didn't know what to do and I was surrounded by friends, different people who all had their own opinions or who all had their own ideas of what healing should be like or is like. So I would have one friend telling me I need to go back and check my past life, another friend telling me I need to do shadow work, inner child work, another person telling me to work energetically and it just felt like too much. I felt like I'm never going to be able to heal because I don't even know where to begin. I'm so overwhelmed by all of this information, by all of these different directions that I'm going to be going in and I ended up massively burning out and just falling deeper and deeper into a state of depression because I felt so hopeless and just so overwhelmed. I think that word keeps coming up in this podcast but overwhelmed. So viewing healing in this way of things that we need to do, things that we need to learn about can actually stop us, can actually be counterproductive because it, we may not even begin with begin healing in the first place. And then there are those of, the, those of us who have been doing what we think we should be doing, you know, yoga, meditation, um, EFT tapping, um, parts work, whatever it is, and we are spending hours out of our day and we are not seeing any results we are not feeling any better now around a year and a half ago a little bit longer I had a year and a half oh time goes so fast I'm not sure what at some point last year (laughs) I moved with my partner from Spain we moved to Mexico and you know we'd sold all of our belongings we went there with all of our savings and we were trying to you know rely on our business to keep us going And we wanted to 
manifest money. So we were approaching healing in the way of, of manifestation. We were practicing things like tapping every single day. So for those of you who don't know, EFT tapping is tapping on certain points on the body and repeating um, like a belief. We're trying to rewrite the beliefs that we have. So in terms of money, you know, at that point, my survival was completely threatened. I felt like, you know, my savings are going to run out at some point. I'm not going to have a home. I don't know what I'm going to do. But every day I was tapping, you know, I have enough money. I am safe and doing this and, and every single day repeating this practice and just feeling like, it was a waste of fucking time. Like, I felt like I should be doing it because I was reading about people online. Like, this is how you manifest, you know. And it was just making me feel so much worse because now I understand from a nervous system perspective, my survival was so threatened. So I could tap on certain points and repeat, I am rich, I am safe until the cows come home. But internally, it was not going to change anything because my system was just not in a state that my system was not feeling safe. So I can't, I couldn't gaslight myself into believing that tapping was going to override those feelings, those deep feelings of unsafety inside my body. So there were two sides. There are the, there's the side that people don't even get started because they think it's too complicated or the people that are doing the wrong approaches or not necessarily the wrong approaches, but they don't have a base of nervous system Uh, in place to support those other modalities. Now I'm here to make healing simple because this is what I'm all about, simplicity. I don't want to, I don't want anything over complicated in my life because quite frankly I've had enough complications over the years. I just want an easy life and I want my healing to be as simple as possible. So I decided to make this podcast episode to share how to actually do the work and how to actually see results without these long spiritual practices that we have to do every day. And healing in this way starts with a perspective shift. It starts with seeing healing not as a modality or a technique, but more as a lifestyle. Healing is a lifestyle. So in the rest of the episode, I'm going to break down the steps that I believe are necessary to take in order to actually do the work. And then I'm going to leave you with a couple of tools at the end of the episode that you can take away and start implementing into your daily life right now. And these tools are not going to take hours out of your day. They're not going to require you to sit in any kind of practice. They're going to be things that you can be doing on the go as you continue to live your life. Because we heal, we can heal as we are living our lives don't have to stop just because we're on the healing path and our lives do not have to revolve around our healing so let's go i've broken this down into four steps with the first one being education education is such an important step and it's one that's skipped by many people because it's kind of boring you know we all or a lot of us are out there looking for you know things like quick fixes or big sort of emotional releases we want to be having these exciting experiences so that we feel that we're healing we need that in your face evidence that there is some change going on but usually when we're having these big emotional releases in in such in like breathwork sessions or in a child shadow work sessions 
we're actually doing here is the opposite of what the system actually needs. Healing should be a very, very gentle process. We shouldn't be giving ourselves these big shocking experiences because when we are having these huge emotional releases, oftentimes we are further traumatizing the system. And even though it may not seem so, it may seem like, wow, look at that transformation that's come out. This, the nervous system, the, the body as a whole is very, very sensitive and we don't need to be having these huge experiences in order to be healing so education for me is the first most fundamental step and that education should be about what is going on inside your body how does the nervous system work what is going on physiologically when you start to feel anxious depressed when you are finding yourself people pleasing or feeling codependent or unable to say no or having rows with your partner or feeling why can't you sleep? You know, what is going on? Why are you having chronic pain? Why are you having all of these different things? What is actually going on inside your body to cause all of this stuff? How is your system working? So getting a solid understanding of the different nervous system states, the fight or flight, the freeze, the shutdown, even the fawn response, and then the, the safety response, starting to learn about what might it feel like if my system actually felt safe. What is this ventral state that people are talking about? What is the vagal nerve? Learning to understand the nervous system. And then the second step, once you have all of that education, is to then start a process of self-observation. So how does all of that stuff that I've just learned apply to my personal life, to my specific challenges, to my specific physiology? So by doing this, we start to bring awareness to patterns that are no longer serving us, the way we react to and interact with the world, with ourselves and with others. We need to truly see to develop this skill of self-awareness, to become conscious of the self before we can actually change anything. And this process is not a quick one. It's like peeling the layers back of an onion. How much more can I learn about myself? Just constantly seeing, oh, okay, when I was in that situation, I noticed that my fight or flight response set off. But when I was in this situation, I noticed that I actually felt safer. Or when this happened, I immediately went into shutdown. And then starting to... It's like piecing it together, trying understanding your whole life through the lens of your nervous system. So you can start to have like an actual map of what in your life is triggering these different physiological responses. What is giving you the anxiety? What is putting you into states of depression? Once we've spent some time developing that skill of self-awareness, becoming conscious of how we are showing up in the world, how we're showing up in our relationships, how we're showing up in our careers. We then have a clear, we have something clear to work with. We've befriended our nervous system. We've got curious about it. We start to understand ourselves. And then from that point, we can go into the third step, which I've, I've subtitled here, application. In this step, we can start adding tools, resources and different things that we know are going to be beneficial to our own system because not everybody is going to benefit from breath work at certain points on the journey not everyone is going to benefit from meditation we need to know what our own specific system needs so then we can start adding in modalities and adding in tools 
And these tools don't have to be these things like meditation, yoga, breath work. They can be very, they can be and they should be very simple things. We can start off by looking at basic needs. How is my sleep? How is my nutrition? How are my relationships around me? Are there things that I no longer want to have in my life? Are there things that I want to add in my life? So really, really subtle changes, just making little changes into our lifestyles that can accommodate us having a bit more of a simple, easier life. And when we start to know the different nervous system states, when we start to know, oh, okay, when I uh, do this certain activity, it puts me into fight or flight. We don't seem to have a choice. Like, do I want to continue with this activity? And if this activity is not something we can remove immediately from our lives, such as Perhaps it's it's your job that's putting your system into fight or flight. From then, we can start to look at what resources can I put in place that can support me to feel a little bit more comfortable whilst my system is in this state of fight or flight or shutdown. And we want to literally build a physical list for each of the states. So what resources, what things can I put into place to make myself feel more comfortable when my system has gone into a survival response? And we want to have that list to hand and we want to get so used to turning to that list when we need it and practicing using those resources again and again and again and again. <laughs> and this is why I say healing is simple because this is... I don't want to say this is all it takes because there, there's a lot of complexity within the simplicity, but it really comes down to having a taking care of your basic needs, having resources there that you can turn to, showing up and again and again and again, so that you're offering what your your nervous system you're offering your nervous system what it is craving, and what it is craving is predictability and reliability. So if you think about it, your internal world is chaotic, your external world is chaotic. What can you do to bring some peace to that nervous system? You can bring some peace by being there for it, by being the stability that it needs. And that stability can literally come from making one single promise to yourself every single day and following through on that promise. And I know if you say this to some people, this is how we start healing or this is how we heal. It will be like, of course not. In order to heal, we need to go on a 10 day long Vipassana retreat. No, we can start healing by one simple promise because that one simple promise gives the system predictability. It shows the system that, hey, I'm starting to listen to you. I want to take care of you. And I'm going to start doing this by being reliable, by being what you've always needed me to be. For me... The one promise that I made for myself was every morning for breakfast, for breakfast, I was eating a bowl of porridge, oatmeal. And I used to follow my grandfather's recipe. It was extremely simple. It was oats, a little bit of milk, water and sugar. It was very basic. But I wanted to get more nutrition, more... um, I wanted to take care of my nutrition, so I looked at adding into that porridge, you know, things like some nuts, some seeds, a little bit of peanut butter, and it started to feel like, I started to get excited about eating this breakfast because it was so delicious, you know, maybe some days put some banana in there, a piece of chocolate, I became a little bit creative with it, and I bought myself a really, really small lunchbox, tupper, and every single day I would you know, make my bowl of oats and then I would refill this tupper with, I would add the oats, I would add the seeds, I would add the nuts. So then the next morning, all I would have to do is take it out of the 
cupboard and then add the the soy milk, the water, whatever it was. And that became my ritual. That became that one thing that I knew that I was doing every single morning for myself. So I often joke that I heal my nervous system by eating a bowl of porridge. It's not necessarily the porridge that healed me, but that act of showing up for myself in that loving way, keeping that promise to myself every day, contributed to bringing more capacity into my system, to bringing more regulation on board. So I'd like you to take a moment with me now to think about what is one promise that you can start doing for yourself every day. And I really encourage you to make it as small as possible. I don't want you to say, I'm going to get up and run 10k every morning because really ask your nervous system like if you have an idea in mind of what you want to do double check with your nervous system and it will let you know if it feels like that is achievable or not perhaps not getting up and running 10k but maybe getting up and stretching or drinking a liter of water every day going to bed five minutes earlier uh reading a chapter of a book every day whatever it can be just something really really small that you can start using to provide your system with predictability and reliability. So take a moment and just think, does anything come to mind? What can be your one promise to yourself? Okay, so the final step that I've come up with here is this step of co-regulation. So that means spending time in the presence of others that we feel safe to be with. And this might be a difficult step in the beginning because not all of us may have a a person in their immediate circle that is safe enough to be around. But there are other ways to co-regulate. This is the reason why a lot of people turn to coaching, for example, or to therapy, to have that other person there who's able to hold space for them, validate them, and just to share a bit of time with. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical person. In the beginning of the healing journey, we can start looking at co-regulating with people on the internet so is there anybody on youtube or on on instagram or even on a tv show or a movie that you feel safe like for me i really like um the office so i would watch the office because the characters in there you know they were so familiar to me they felt really safe to me so these would be people that i knew i was able to get some form of co-regulation with We can also co-regulate with animals. During my initial uh, initiation (laughs) into the the world of nervous system healing, I co-regulated so much with my cat. And animals can be a really, really great way to practice co-regulation because there's this um, reciprocity between you and the animal. You know, you're there for the animal, you feed it, you pet it, you walk it. And in turn, it's there for you, providing you with company. So it can be really, really great to co-regulate with animals. We can also co-regulate with music, pieces of music that we like. And a big one for me was nature, going out and spending time with nature. And I know it might sound insane, but I had a few specific trees that I felt like I knew, you know, I was connected to them. These were the trees that were my co-regulators. And certain times when I was feeling emotionally overwhelmed, I would go and take a walk and find that tree and give it a hug. And, you know, it was there every single time I needed it. You know, they don't move. They're in the same space. So having that there really, really helped me with this element of co-regulation. 
And the more that I started working on myself, the safer I became in my own skin, the more I, I realized that safe people were coming into my life. It was almost like magic, like the safer I began to feel, these people would just start appearing. And at the same time, a lot of people who are not particularly safe in my friendship circles, they started to fall away. So they are the four steps that I believe are how to actually do the work. Education, so learning about the nervous system. And if you don't know where to begin, like I can teach you. I have read the books, I've watched the videos, I've been to the workshops, I've done the work, I know my stuff. So education, observation, applying that education to our own lives, learning to befriend our own nervous systems, understanding how our own physiology works. And then from there, building up a list of resources, things that can help you, things that you can turn to over and over again that are going to bring you more comfort as you're going through these survival responses because stress is never going to go away. Life becomes easier to manage, triggers like diminish, like some go away, but some are always going to be around. But by using, by building capacity and by using our resources, life can just feel a little bit easier. Taking care of your basic needs, making small promises to yourself, so offering your system predictability and reliability. You know, and of course, after this, we can start going much deeper. Once we have some kind of regulation on board, then we can start doing inner child work. Then we can start doing this and that and whatever it is. But for now, these are the basics. These are how we can actually get started. So resourcing, offering our system predictability, trying to take care of our basic needs, and then adding in that element of co-regulation. So whether that be with a friend a family member, a pet, somebody on the TV, a coach, trying to, to find ways in which we can connect with others. So how can we make sense of what I've just said on like a day-to-day -day life kind of level? How does this all play out in our daily lives? This whole uh, episode came about as a result of me posting a daily quiz on my Instagram stories. So every day on my stories, I try to post it a quiz question related to nervous system, related to healing. And a few days ago, I posted the question, how do we begin healing? And I gave several different options. So one of them was uh, yoga and exercise. Another was breath work. Another one was resting. And the final one was education. And the results that I got from that quiz were really interesting. It was really interesting for me to see what everybody's thoughts were what what people's ideas are of what healing actually means for me healing means undoing all of the things about myself that i find are holding me back from being who i truly want to be living the way i truly want to live and these things are, are patterns they are habits they're behaviors and these are deeply ingrained in who i am these things come from my nervous system therefore for me if I have that view of healing in my mind, the logical answer on how to start healing would be to get the education on my nervous system. But for other people, maybe they have a different definition of what healing is, a different idea of what healing is. So again, I'd ask you to just pause for a second and think, what is healing to you? Why do you want to heal? What is it that you want to heal? And if you came up with a similar answer to mine to undo all of these 
unhelpful, unhealthy behaviors, then you can take all of those four steps that I mentioned before, that education, that observation, that application of certain tools and practices and that co-regulation and start bringing those to life in your daily life. I know for me personally that healing doesn't happen when I'm sat down on the meditation cushion. It doesn't happen when I'm on the yoga mat. It happens in my day-to-day life. It happens in the interactions I'm having with the world around me, the interactions I'm having with my family members, with my partner, with strangers. It's happening as I go about my day. As I'm learning to build that nervous system capacity to hold space for all of my emotions, to deal with the stress of daily life, I'm able to start noticing where the areas in my life that need healing. The more that I'm building capacity, the more I'm able to be with myself, the more I'm able to give myself space in between being triggered and then reacting to that trigger. I'm allowing myself to be able to make a choice, a different choice from the ones that I've been making in the past, the same choices that I've made over and over again that haven't got me to where I wanted to be. Say, for instance, if I'm having a little row with my partner, knowing my physiology, I'm able to see, okay, I've gone into fight or flight, and from that point, I can make a different choice. Do I carry on this argument knowing that my system's not in a, in the space to necessarily have this conversation right now? Or am I able to use one of my resources? Maybe it's go and take a shower or go and have a walk on my own and then come back to that conversation where I'm more grounded. I'm more able to be there, not only for the other person, but for myself. I hope that is making sense so far. So when I bring in that perspective shift of healing not being a single modality or a single tool or technique, but I see it as a lifestyle, I can start noticing the areas in my life where I get to practice being the person that I actually want to be. I get to pause. I get to resource. I get to act differently than the ways I've been acting my entire life. So this is how we're healing. We're healing in the day-to-day. We're healing in the mundane. We're healing as we go on with our lives because our lives don't have to stop just because we're on the healing journey our lives continue and we get to heal as we live the more regulation we have on board in our system the safer we start to feel in our own skin and as we the safer we feel we start to show up in the world completely differently we start to show up as that person that we want to be we become able to set boundaries we become able to think a bit more clearly, to start becoming aware of the things we want to change. We start to have a little bit more access to that life force energy, that driving force, that force that makes us move, that force that gives us our passion, our sexuality, our creativity, all of these things. Now, before I end the episode, I want to give you two little tools that you can take away, that you can start implementing into your day-to-day, day-to-day life. The first one I want to give you is the tool of using glimmers. Now, this tool is going to seem so simple. It's going to seem like, how can it possibly heal me? It's not going to do anything. But it really, really does. Now, many of us, most of us, I'm going to go ahead and say probably all of us are conditioned to always be on the lookout for the bad stuff, quote unquote bad 
the the shitty things in life, the things that we don't want, um, the negative things that we see around us. I know for myself, I was a very pessimistic person, always sort of waiting for the next thing to go wrong, always complaining about what I didn't have or what should have been or what I could have done or what I would do differently next time. And when you have an understanding of the nervous system, it makes so much sense why we have that sort of narrow-minded focus. And that's because the system just doesn't feel safe. So it's always on guard. It's always looking out for threats. But one thing we can start doing to sort of train our system to move away from looking at what we don't want or what we don't like and start looking at what we, you know, the good that we have around us. Start tapping into that energy of safety. In nervous system terms, we call that ventral safety, ventral energy. So glimmers are small moments throughout your day where you have a sense of that ventral energy online in your system. Now, these moments can be absolutely minuscule. We have to make a conscious effort to start searching for them. And they can be anything. We're not going to be looking out for big, big like, oh, wow, that was amazing. Of course, that would be a glimmer. But really small moments of, you know, it could be you're thirsty and you have a a really cold drink and your system just feels like, or you have a a really nice meal and you find yourself just enjoying it and feeling like, "Mm, you know, that was really tasty. A big glimmer for me that I see in my day-to-day life is when my dog brings his toys out and starts playing around with them. It's just, I find it cute. I find, or, um, or going outside and feeling the wind on your skin, the sun on your skin, It could be that feeling of getting into bed at the end of the day and just feeling the blanket over you like you just feel cozy. A lot of times, at least in my experience, when I when I have a glimmer, it will come along with some kind of sound like a "Mm, ah, oh, there will be a a sound that accompanies it. That may not be true for you, but that's just maybe a pointer you can look out for, a hint that you're on the right track. So look out for glimmers. Make a conscious effort to look for them every single day and you can start off small start off with that one small promise to yourself I'm going to look for one glimmer today and when you experience that glimmer try and stay for a moment and just soak it in start training your system to recognize what it feels like to have that energy of safety online and the more you start to do this the more you'll start to automatically be noticing those glimmers around you once we notice one we may notice another and then another and another And yeah, I remember when I heard about this practice a few years ago and I felt like, oh, it's not going to help, you know, it's it's not going to do anything. But I made an effort. The more I started to look, the more I started to find. And now my system can naturally notice those moments where there is a little bit of safety on board. So yes, that's the first tool I want you to take away from this episode is the tool of glimmers, practicing looking for glimmers. And message me send me a message on instagram let me know what glimmers you've you found today i really love hearing from people and i'm happy to share mine it's it's really nice sometimes to have this like accountability partner someone that you can share this with so if you can if you have a friend who's also on the healing path with you or one of your partners or family members then ask them to get involved ask them to start looking for one glimmer a day and maybe at the end of the day you can send each other a little message or you can sit down and say what were your glimmers today it's a really beautiful practice it's very similar to a gratitude practice but I have talked about this many times before I'm a little bit anti-gratitude because I find 
It's very easy to sit down for me to write. I am grateful for my house. I am grateful for my car. I am grateful for my family. But oftentimes I'm not actually feeling that gratitude online. Whereas the glimmers are a little bit different because they are coming along with a feeling. You know, it's that getting into bed and feeling the feeling of the blanket just holding you. And, you know, it's very much there. It's very much a felt sense. So, yeah, there's your first tool. The second tool I want to give you is a practice called orienting. And this comes from somatic experiencing. So when the nervous system is feeling unsafe, we can't just tell it that it's safe. Like I mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast, we can't just say, I am safe. Because the system is not going to believe you. It doesn't believe a word you say. You have to show it. And you can show it by using this practice of orienting. Now, orienting means connecting with the environment around you and also connecting with your own body. By doing so, it brings you into the present moment. So how you would practice orienting is by scanning your environment around you, you know, using your eyes, using your head, moving really slowly and just connecting with what is in the room. Oftentimes, or all the time when the nervous system is in a state of dysregulation, It means that it's in a constant state of being on guard. It's looking out for some kind of threat. Even though you may know there is no threat present, your system is acting as if there's a tiger in the room with you. So you need to show your system there is no tiger. And this practice is really great for bringing you back into the body, back into the present moment. And again, it's not a practice that you're going to do once or twice and feel like, oh, wow, you know, I feel so good. I feel amazing. It may have that effect every now and again. You may do it and think, oh, that's just calmed me down. But the first few times you do it, you may feel nothing at all. You may feel even a little bit like, oh, this is too much. Take it really slowly and keep practicing it. The more we do it, it's like the effects of it compound over time. Your nervous system didn't dysregulate overnight it's not going to regulate overnight so we need to be doing these practices of looking for the glimmers and orienting on a daily basis as much as we can and the aim with this practice of orienting is to get that to get the body naturally orienting itself so it doesn't always feel like it's looking out for a threat for for a threat and by doing by bringing some of that space into your nervous system we allow it to relax a little bit so then it does have more of an opportunity to start looking for the the joy in the world the positivity the peace the relaxation these kind of things the things that we want the things that we think of when we think about healing now i have a really nice at least in my opinion guided orienting audio that if you connect with me on facebook or on instagram send me a message tell me you've listened to this podcast episode and you'd like me to send you a copy of the orienting practice and i'll send you over it send you it over for free no strings attached well maybe one string is that on the the promise that you'll practice (laughs) you'll use it you will start being gentle with your nervous system you're going to start paying it some attention and you're going to start showing up for it consistently and offering it that predictability that it craves so that it can heal itself. Okay, so I think that is the end of the episode. 
So before I go, I just want to remind you that I run a weekly free coaching event called The Catalyst, and I host this inside my Facebook group on a Tuesday morning, morning in Europe, it may not be morning for you, um, where you can submit any questions you have related to nervous system healing, trauma healing, healing in general, and also things related to spiritual and Kundalini awakenings. So all you have to do is submit a question on this form it's completely anonymous you can leave your email address if you want so i can inform you when your question has been answered you don't have to so you can ask questions you can submit um maybe scenarios that you've been in that you would like my advice you're wondering what i would do in that situation or you can simply just submit a topic that you would like me to talk a little bit more about so again that's completely free it's hosted over in my facebook group on a Tuesday, I will pop the link to the form for you to ask your questions in the description for this podcast. And that's all. That's absolutely everything for now. I have a an exciting idea for next week's podcast, so make sure you tune back in and I'll speak to you all soon. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Goodbye. I know firsthand that awakenings can range from magical and mystical to downright miserable. So just so you know, you don't have to walk this path alone. My nervous system is here to co-regulate with yours in a range of different offerings to suit all of your needs. So get in touch, share your story with me, and allow me to walk alongside you as we expand our consciousness and strengthen our vagus nerve together.